Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Variety of things that we are going to check out in this market trade today. As even though we are heading into a holiday weekend, it has been a very robust type of trade all day long. Not a lot of folks checking out early, shall we say. But the question is, are some of the highs in? How do we play on this as we move into the month of June next week? We've got some weather concerns. And, of course, when we talk Brazil and, and the weather there, got to bring in the probably one of the best guys I know for the job, and that is Don Rose. Don joins us. He is with U.S. Commodities. So I think we need to start with the way these markets have been trading. Is there the potential that a high might be in place, and we're just going to kind of play middle ground for a while, Don? Yeah, you know, I think when you look at it, Susan, I think this time of year, after uh, we put in the big top at 638 on uh, D's corn and put in a significant high on soybeans, you know, you always, from a producer standpoint, uh, even on end user, have we got the tops into the market. And, you know, it's possible, Susan, uh, because it is that time of year where we've got the crop in the ground, we're getting some moisture in some areas, not enough, but, uh, you know, I think the risk is that we bought the acres that we need on corn, a little bit question mark on soybeans. But uh, from a producer standpoint now, you probably have to have some kind of a significant weather scare uh, to uh, take out the highs that we put in. Balance tables are tight, we know that, but the uh, acres and the yield can change just enough and rationing just enough to uh, slow that demand down and have the highs in in the market. You know, we were talking um, earlier in the day on the air about this cold weather snap that's moved through the the upper Midwest, and and it's crazy to think we're talking snow and frost in the Dakotas, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. Yeah, you know, and I think that's what the market is. With the balance tables as tight as they are, everything has to go pretty much right. And I think that's partly what brought the market back so strong yesterday is this cold snap, as you say, that's coming through. And uh, on top of that, we also this week did have some very strong winds in some of the dry areas of the Dakotas that, uh, believe it or not, blew some of the corn out. So what kind of damage was from there? What's going to happen with that cold snap that actually it looks like uh, Friday night, uh, Saturday here is going to be the issue um, early enough that we can get replant in, but also then that retards some yield potential that we had. So I think it's one of those things that we're going to watch. We're going to add and subtract risk premium to the market all year long for these concerning issues. Uh, Remember, uh, from a national standpoint, 32% of the nation still has topsoil moisture uh, that is short to very short. And so we've got the... We've got the uh, the grain. We've got the grain potential out here. We've got the crop in the ground, but we don't have it in the bin. In some ways, can we say that's the reason why we saw Minneapolis spring wheat take advantage with some higher prices on the trade today? Yeah, and I think that's a good point, Susan. Is because you know what we have is a band-aid on uh, the issues, uh, and we certainly have some very big issues on there, even with germination of the spring wheat in some areas where that could be switched and even plant to uh, soybeans, uh, you know, a little bit later here. So we'll see. But uh, no doubt, uh, the leader here from uh, dry drought issue is the spring wheat area, and it showed up again today. Let's talk about that dry drought pattern. What can we expect? We're getting ready to hit June, and before we know it, it'll be July, August. Weather concerns, I know it's hard to look in a crystal ball that far ahead, but what are you guys thinking? Well, you know, I think when you look at it, we're going to kind of run with NOAA. You know, it's uh, it's uh, the government, 
and really so far with the summer outlook, and it looks like it from us from the way the Pacific uh, Ocean temperatures are, it looks like we have this uh, a low probability of a dry drought across the, uh, the gut slot of the Corn Belt. But the real issue is it looks like we're going to have is this terrific heat that's out in the California, out into the west. It looks like, and NOAA says, that we're going to have that heat continue to sneak into the western corn belt. That's a concern for the Dakotas, the western corn belt that missed some rain, and then it retrogrades back again to uh, the west coast. The real risk is, Susan, if that heat comes in, and I know it's cool now, but things change, if that heat pattern comes in from the west, that high-pressure system, and if it would happen to stick, uh, you know, at the wrong time or stick longer than we think, um, the balance tables just really aren't there uh, for any kind of a uh, uh, short crop this year. Could we see the basis uh, change in the nearby for the for the grain? Specifically, let's start with the corn. Well, you know, let's look at it. I think what's happened with the corn market when we uh, pushed up uh, here, and the you know the talk was the fear was that. Uh, oh my gosh, you know, we're going to run out here, this, that, and the other thing. Well, what happened is the end users got covered. You know, we have end users that are, uh, users that are covered all the way into the beginning of August, uh, bridged the gap here. Then the other thing that happened is uh, the wheat harvest is going to be coming at us. It's going to be harvesting uh, right now in North Texas. That's going to come into Oklahoma next week, into Kansas the uh, next week. So uh, we've got a, a bridge for a gap for some grain coming at us. So Basis levels, uh, bottom line, we think on corn is going to be uh, a dicey, going to stay pretty firm all year long. Uh, we don't really have a big substitute other than the wheat. Um, and uh, we do run into some competition from Brazil on exports usually in July, middle to the end of July. But is that going to end? We're going to find out what happens with the Safrina crop as we move forward. That will tell us a lot. But um, basis levels on soybeans probably relaxed a little bit just because we can bring. We're going to bring Brazil beans into the U.S. and in the, in the uh, Northeast. I know I want to talk in the second half more about what's happening with that second corn crop. But real quick, is there some shipping issues, or is we starting to see some some advancements in South America when they've had some hiccups lately? Well, you know, we've had a couple issues down in uh, South America. One, if you look in uh, Pernod, that river system uh, down through there, it's uh, the water, the drought so low that they uh, can only load the uh, the barges just so full, and so you're not able to push out as fast as you can. We also had some strike issues in Argentina. So, um, you know, it's just not a, a fluid situation uh, in South America right now. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Quick before we continue the conversation with Don Rose from U.S. Commodities, want to remind folks that markets will uh, be closed on Monday. We'll see the overnight trade pick up on Monday evening, but of course it is closed for the Memorial Day holiday. Having said that, uh, before we jump for Brazil, Don, I'm wondering, normally on a Friday we see, especially heading into a three-day weekend, we kind of see a quieter trade, but that definitely was not the case today. It seemed like traders were very active all day. Yeah, you know, it is a weekend, Susan, where uh, just think about it. This week we had July corn went limit down at one time, 40 cents. And then we also had the market go limit up uh, yesterday on July corn. So I guess what I'm saying is this is a market that has a big, wide-ranging, swinging market. 
the stakes are big, and it's going to be dependent on uh, really after after Memorial Day what happens with the weather, what happens with the Chinese. They seem to be pulling us around uh, up and down the market here. So I think those are going to be the big focus. And then, you know, as we walk forward week by week, we're getting closer to the big uh, stocks and all positions report June 30th and uh, the acres numbers. So. I think that's the reason the volatility is so big and the people are really paying attention going into a three-day weekend. Everybody's talking about and continues to talk about the weather patterns that we've seen. Let's jump uh, south of the border. Let's head into South America, specifically Brazil. How is the second corn crop coming along? Well, you know, of course, I, I think it was very popular. A headline was, you know, the crop in Brazil is getting smaller, continues to shrink. The government had it at 109 million metric tons at one time, now down closer probably to 102 million metric tons. You know, there's uh, the trade kind of believes it could even be as low as 90, 92 million metric tons, and it's popular to talk 95 million metric tons. And again, you know, 100 million metric tons is about a 4 billion bushel corn crop, just to put it in perspective. But, um, we do have about, you know, you think the crop is just done, but we have about 15% of the second corn crop in the south. It's such a big, uh, long area that is uh, uh, still pollinating during some of these moisture. We got some moisture uh, last week, the end of the week, getting moisture again this week. So it's going to ha- uh, help aid that crop. Uh, it's not going to help the uh, crop in the north. It's pretty well uh, too far along, uh, but it'll help a little bit of the fill. So. I think this moisture is not getting a lot of a uh, headline, but I think it's going to help it a bit to come back, um, you know, not in a big way, but I think it's going to stabilize it and help it grow rather than shrink. Does that put any pressure on us here in the States, though, to have, have a decent crop this year? Well, you know, I think when you look at it, Susan, uh, you know, we're still the big elephant in the room on the uh, the corn crop. Um, you know, when you're uh, raising around a 15 billion bushel corn crop, we're the number one producer. We're about 38% of the world corn production that um, if we have a problem, the world has a problem. And that's why we're watching this so very, very close as our ending stocks continue to shrink. But, you know, this is a time of year, Susan, where you have to ask yourself from a producer, from a trader, uh, I always say in weather markets, ask yourself, do you think the dry area is getting bigger or smaller? It's getting smaller here so far. And, uh, you know, that helps you bring to uh, to a close where you think we're going. And do you think the crop is getting bigger or smaller week by week? And I think right now you have to say the crop's getting a bit bigger. And uh, usually uh, that'll bring you home to a direction of the market. And we cannot, can't forget about this appetite that China continues to have for U.S. products. Yeah, you know, and I think, you know, we're talking we're talking about the corn, but I think when you look at it, the hog market uh summer months continue to make new highs. And if you look at it, uh China is uh right behind Mexico uh as the number two buyer of US pork, you know, truly amazing. Then when you look over into the beef market, China's right picked up the appetite for beef beef. They're the number three uh buyer of our beef. So they're really important, and uh, that's why I say what China does really is a big deal. So we're going to watch on the meat sector, uh, particularly on hogs, as their hogs continue to make new lows under our prices, down uh, 48% since a year ago. Uh, are they uh, building their herd up enough? They say they are, back to about normal here by uh, July. Are we going to the second half of the year? Are they going to slow down demand? Is that going to cut back? 
uh, their demand here, and does that put an intermediate top in? Um, that's the fear the second half of the year. And since you brought up hogs, I wondered, what are your thoughts? June hogs being priced higher than uh, June live cattle again? Yeah, I think when you look at that, you know, the, the hogs just, uh, the big thing that happened in the hogs is we just have big disease issues that we're still dealing with, and that really just took the numbers down. Then at the same time, we had the stimulus, um, you know, which really added some new money to the system, some new buying power, if you will. That gave us some support. And, uh, you know, I think when you reach this level, have we got the bull news dialed in? I think the summer stays pretty firm, but as you get into the uh, fall, you know, things can really change from China not buying, the stimulus wears off. So, Don, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Yeah, you bet. They can reach us at U.S. Commodities at 1-800-247-4071. And that's a Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss, not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.